millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of Four Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, and we are just two today, just like it was <laughs> last week. Some travel schedules, getting things kind of, uh, you know, everyone's living lives. But with me is Joseph Scrimshaw. I am happy to be here. Jennifer's out on assignment, as we like to stupidly jokingly say. <laughs> uh, but I'm back. You guys did an amazing job. I got to listen to your show before everyone else did when I uh, was loading it up into the podcast feed and uh, I had a, had a great time just sitting there listening to you guys while I was in the Redwoods. Oh, awesome. That's yeah. beautiful. I gesticulated a lot. I felt passionate. <laughs> At one point, I almost whacked over 
over the recording device. Oh, that's the best when you when you start flailing about. <laughs> that's when you get passionate about yeah. Star Wars. Gesticulating solo opinions. A lot of stuff going on, Joseph, with Han Solo still. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you, we're recording a little bit early as we do yeah. sometimes, so who knows what could have happened <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Ansel Egard or whatever his name could be Han Solo now. Who knows? Who knows what could oh, happen with it. Han Solo? Yeah. It's always an adventure. Uh, it sounds like a joke, but it could be true. But yes, we're recording here from the past. Uh, so do you have uh, hot takes? Do you have like a... Hot takes. Yeah. A big picture opinion of be- Solo? Because I guess we, we've we've had a couple weeks now to, to, to digest this information. Yeah. I've gone from... My initial reaction was, was some panic. Okay. But then uh, you read it. Then, then initially you take the... I did take a little bit of, which is, as you know, it's unlike me. Yeah. I kind of took the artist side, which yeah. I love artists. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, I was just like, hey, these are great filmmakers. What are we doing here? And then as the stories unfold, now I'll tell you, that I don't I don't know what to believe. And none of it's probably the 100% truth at all. Yeah. But the more that unfolds, I think Kathleen Kennedy, and I I, I think you are some, some in agreement. It was like she did what she felt she needed to do as the president of Lucasville. Yeah, exactly. They weren't getting it. And they weren't, you know, I know, I'm sure Lawrence Kasdan was grumpy, and and they're making weird things with Han. They're doing improv games. But I I really, it's a fascinating story, isn't it? Yeah, I don't want Han Solo doing zip, zap, zap (laughs) warm-ups to do full improvisation. That's one of the worst ones. Man, I look forward to the, you know, the huge book that's going to come out in about 10 years about exactly this yeah. era and what all Kathleen Kennedy was going through. Right. You know, and I do think there's a thing of, uh, who knows, um, you know, maybe Lord Miller didn't do much of anything wrong. Maybe it's yeah. just creative differences. But, you know, it could be with Gareth Edwards and with Lord Miller, you know, hiring people who haven't been in the business as long. Right. And there's a difference of opinion about how to do things. And I definitely think, and not, it's not that I don't want Han Solo to be funny and have some spirit. I think we all agree, but... I don't believe the Ace Ventura thing necessarily, but if it was even anything remotely close to that, then yeah, thank God they stepped in. Yeah. Thank God they did something. But I mean, you know, we're talking about two guys that lost their jobs and I feel bad. They'll be fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine yeah. we were kids like, oh, these, these two guys started to direct Han Solo and then yeah. it, terrible. They had to direct the flash instead. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm so um, sorry. And you know, their successes and I, I'm a fan of their work to be Me clear. Too. Me too. Uh, Last Man on Earth, which is a, something they produce is one of my favorite Programs. I'm a big Will Forte fan, but but they have their fingerprints on that Lego Movie. But yeah, it's it's Star Wars. And, and, and I don't want to get so much into it. I know you and Jennifer come yeah. up, but Joseph, like we we hear this phrase a lot. It's not Star Wars enough. We use it. I've used it with yeah. the comics. I was just talking to you off air about how much I I don't like a lot of the things the Screaming Citadel, all the things in it are good. But but what does that mean to you? Of it's not Star Wars. It's not Star Wars enough. I think it is making too radical of a change too fast. I think Star Wars is a cocktail, like I've said a lot of times, and it is yeah. a cocktail specifically of the new and the old. So you always want to see, feel like it's familiar, right. but also a mind blowing adventure. So I think it's just like, hey, you know what? I like a martini. I like it with gin and vermouth. I'm more than happy to try some Lillet Blanc. Right. But don't dump half a bottle of Lillet Blanc and say, this is what a martini is now. <laughs> just try a little bit and then yeah. go, oh, you know, this is now a Vesper. It's yeah. a lot like a martini, but you just put it in a little bit at a time, so you try something new. And that is the same thing to me as Star Wars. I feel mm. like they just, 
you know, she asked them to make a pizza and they started to make a sandwich. Yeah. And I like both of those things. It's like a pizza, like a meatball sub. Yeah. But it's still a sub. Yeah, but make a calzone. That's cool. Yeah, that's yeah. close enough to a pizza. Yeah. But I think I'm maybe just hungry and want a drink tonight is what it's coming down to. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? Of like just a little bit at a time. Yeah, and I think in that uh, this call for standalone movies to be different, we've had that call. Of yeah. Maybe a Star Wars horror movie, Star Wars comedy. We've talked about it. Star Wars rom-com or romantic movie uh, that's not actually just comedy. So I think we're all on board. I don't know if the audience would be 100% ready, but I've struggled with the comics. That's not an indictment of the comics at all. There's some talented people making those and editing those, and I'm always clear about that. But there's just things. But what happens is I'm like, that's not Star Wars. Yeah. What is happening to Luke here in Screaming Citadel is not the same Luke I saw in Empire. And I don't know if that's me being a really snobby, difficult fan or just a fan who's like, there's a reason I love this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think there has been a little bit of a you know kitchen sinkness to Star Wars yeah. over the years. You, you throw different things in, and sometimes they work for different people. Sometimes they don't. Right. But I'm, I'm all for them. I think that they should just declare, you know what, we're making a horror movie. I think the problem is it's a Han Solo movie. And so yeah. people are expecting Han Solo. They're expecting a part of the DNA of original Star Wars. Yeah. And I think if they just announced, we're making a horror movie, so buckle up. It's going to be Star Wars, but horror. <laughs> then fans know ahead of time, and it's not like, we're making a horror movie with Princess Leia. Because then you're like, but why? It's Princess yeah. Leia. Just like, don't make a straight-up comedy with Han Solo. Yeah. Because he should be funny, but he's still grounded. I, I think that's actually a very smart take on it, is, is we are expecting, rightfully, just on the characters and story alone. Yeah. And it would be what we're describing. And I, and I totally support Alden Ehrenreich if he was like, this doesn't seem like, like, I know Han Solo. I know that I grew up with Han Solo. I'm yeah. a fan of Han Solo. You're making me do some things I'm not comfortable with. If that was the case. Again, this is all salacious gossip. Yes, it is. But I kind of like that. And you admit it. You kind of <laughs> like it too, right? I do. It's kind of a, it's a thrilling time to be a Star Wars fan. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry there's a tumult on the set. And I'm sorry for any yeah. human beings who are having a, a rough time. Yeah. But it's exciting because it's just like, oh, these people care. And, you yeah. know, I've made this joke. But it is the meta Han Solo yeah. experience to get himself into trouble really publicly, really obviously, <laughs> and then have to mumble himself. He doesn't know how he's going to get out of this one, and then he does, and I think the movie's going to come out on top. This is like the Wrath Tower filmmaking <laughs> going on right here. What's interesting, and uh, this is uh, this is this is speculative stuff that I'm, I'm hearing. Uh, this is not a quick decision. This, someone I know knows, one of those knows Game of Telephone, oh, yeah. but someone was in an event in April. Around the time of Star Wars Celebration, which, Ooh. by the way, no mention mm. of Han Solo at mm. Star Wars Celebration. And it was around that time, and they were talking about uh, Ron. They were at an, at an event. Ron Howard was speaking, and he said something about, oh, I just signed on a deal for something really big and cool. I can't tell you guys what it is yet. You guys are going to, oh, it's so great. Um, and that would be in April. And I heard some other things of, like, some behind-the-scenes people, like, thought wow. they were going to be working on the movie. And then, they, oh, the movie went on hiatus. Oh, it looks like I'm not working on it. <laughs> and all this kind of syncs up the timeline around April. Yeah. April. This April. Is, we're in June. Yeah, and they're really, you know, making it sound like his phone rang and he was in the kitchen pantsless eating some chicken <laughs> just picked up the phone. He's like, what? Kathleen? Yeah. You need me to do what? I haven't seen you since Willow. I'll put my ball cap on and I'm on my way. <laughs> so... Uh, as Star Wars fans, to, to wrap up my thoughts on it, I'll let you close that one too. But uh, we 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 talked about it with Rogue One. If these reshoots and Tony Gilroy and all that stuff was needed, I'm okay with them correcting something they 
they needed to, to correct and not just letting it hit the theaters and, ah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. We can't have that. Yeah. I think, you know, if, if all of the reports we've heard are true, big caveat, if everything we've heard about Rogue One, if everything we've heard about right. Hansel is true, there's a difference between artists doing something really fun and artistic and uh, uh, sort of breaking the rules before you know them. And if Gareth yes. Edwards was really out doing things like, I don't know if this ever makes any sense in the movie, but it looks cool. Yeah. Like that's, you know, you need, you need to start from the script with big complex movies yeah. like this. And if that's what's happening, then I think Kathleen Kennedy's doing, doing the right thing. Doing the right thing. And speaking of doing the right thing, Star Wars has this forces of destiny. Coming yeah. Out. We have been talking about it. We've been excited for it. Uh, exploded on the, under the scene with uh, the stuff at Star Wars Celebration, the great panel and great uh, little trailers coming out and the, and the and action dolls, as you yeah. and Jennifer, I think, established. <laughs> and I think you're right. I think these are those are clear dolls. It's dolls. It's, those are dolls. Those are dolls. And, and I think we're at this time, it's, it feels weird to say that, but that's what they are because there's a certain section of the audience that wants dolls. Yeah, and, and there's nothing dolls. wrong with that. Yeah, absolutely nothing wrong with that. So um, it's been on the uh, – we, but we finally got stuff. We finally got stuff, Joseph. Yeah, we got a trade. Uh, as this episode is being released, we got the trailer last week. But yeah. man, the trailer—I was—I've always been excited for this. But the trailer made me extra excited mm-hmm. because it. Speaking of what Star Wars is, yeah, it has that sense of serial adventure because they're just little exciting yeah. adventures. Things are racing. There's explosions. Padme's hitting a Claudite bounty hunter with a piece of furniture, it looks right. like. And it just gets back to, like, George Lucas as a kid went to Saturday morning serials. Yeah. Lots of punching and running and cars driving over cliffs. And it just looks exciting. And uh, you, had, you had a great question on your anchor station about whether or not we're finally going to get to see Ewoks <laughs> eat stormtroopers. I, I don't think this is the spot no, for it. but. Sadly. Do you think this could lead to that? <laughs> I think so. I think so. I think that this is successful. We'll maybe get some darker moments where maybe the stormtroopers <laughs> get uh, dragged off and you don't know exactly what's happening. Right. I did also notice in this trailer that an Ewok blinks. Oh, I didn't even notice Part that. Part of, uh, I think, being true to yeah. Lucas's vision. That they yeah. got the Ewoks blinking. I'm really excited for this. We've talked about how it, it, this is kind of stuff that needs to be told. We get to focus it, at least in the first iteration of the the, the females of Star Wars. Yeah. I think you and I are happy that we get some Padme time. Exactly. I really think Padme is sometimes forgotten as one of those strong female characters in Star Wars. Um, I'm excited about it, and I think Jennifer Murrow and her team are, are, are geared up for something fun, and, and you know she got to go up there and work with all Lucasfilm people, so you know it's going to have all their fingerprints on it. And for whatever reason, and, and like we talk about it's not Star Wars enough. I, I saw some stuff that, like the Ewok, the Leia, the Leia coming back, and I assume I assume that's the storyline. After after Wicket saves her, or finds her, yeah. and leads her back to Bright Tree Village, that's got to be what we're about. Absolutely, to see. it totally looks like it. Yeah, and it's it was silly. There's some stuff uh, that that for some reason I looked at that silliness and went, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, she rides Wicket down like a rope thing and traps stormtroopers or whatever it was. That's Ewok technology. Yeah, I mean, our heroes, the saviors of the galaxy, get caught in basically like a Bugs Bunny, Wiley Coyote trap yeah. in. Return of the Jedi. That's how Ewoks do things. Yeah. So I like that. So and and Ray and and Jenner. So Leia and Sabine teaming up. Which yeah. you know Leia was in Rebels, so that that has been seen before, but not in the, it. It had a different feel to it. To me. Yeah, it had that. Sabine was in awe of Leia. So you know, you're we're building up that idea that our heroes from the original trilogy are sort right. of uh, gods in this world, right? To the other people too, right? Um. And we're going to get the, the Hera 
Han and Leia crossover comes in this batch, or is it the next one? I think it must be the next one. We also got the shot of Anakin and Yoda looking yeah. at a, like a forest tree type thing, it looked yeah. like. So that's interesting. So it seems yeah. also like we're going to get lots of big action. We're going to get the reminder that uh, women are a part of mm-hmm. forces of destiny. Like that title right. is not random. Like that they are affecting the galaxy, all these characters too. Right. Uh, but then it sounds like we might get, it looks like we might get some dribbles of actual like juicy canon stuff like people that Gus want to freak out about. Yeah. Absolutely, going to be a lot there. Looking forward to that. And then final st- news story, uh, we got uh, we got George Lucas. He's got his uh, he's got his uh, house of George. His house finally of George. approved the museum. The I think the museum of narrative art or nor- narrative storytelling. Narrative storytelling would be redundant. Uh, see, Jennifer isn't here, and our journalistic <laughs> standards go out the Evan window. Uh, but yeah, so he's been trying to build this forever. He tried to get it in San Francisco. He tried to make it happen in Chicago and Los Angeles. Finally, right, unanimous city council vote of like. Yes, let the man build his space museum. Yeah, uh, yeah. His I'm space museum. Let's so excited for it. It does. It looks like Camino, right? It does. It does. It looks. It looks. Uh, the artist rendition was uh, like those. Uh, you know, here's what the future will look like in 1962. <laughs> yeah, you know, at the 1933 World's Fair type yeah. of thing. So that's fitting. That that's exactly in George's wheels. Like yeah. Wheelhouse. So yeah, I mean, there'll, there'll be some cool Star Wars stuff yeah. there. There'll be some, you know, other whatever he owns is a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it sounds like there's also like going to be movies and maybe like opportunities for artists to be supported by the museum itself. So mm-hmm. like, great, it's paying it forward. George is uh, he lo- he loves helping. Yeah, he yeah. does. It's a, this is good. Four center field trip. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I can't wait. Absolutely. Well, that is a quick look at uh, what's going on and doing some catch up uh, with all the big stuff. And I'm sure, I'm sure by the time this airs and you're listening to this now here on this Fourth of July, uh, the release date, I'm sure something else will emerge and we'll find out that Lawrence Kasdan held Lord and Miller in a bathroom at knife point and said, "Don't change a script. Don't change a line in that script." Lawrence knifed first. We'll see. But we do want to get to our main topic today, Joseph. It is Fourth of July here in the United States of America. Freedom and independence. That's a big theme out here, and it's also a big theme in Star Wars, but we wanted to dive in, as we like to do, Joseph, a little bit deeper. Yeah, that's right, because I think it can be true of both Star Wars and America that we're like, freedom, independence, those are good words. Thumbs up. Right. But then it's a different thing to stop and think about, you know, uh, what it means, what it actually, what are you actually celebrating? Like, uh, for us in America, what was actually the Declaration of Independence, and is there anything like that? Is there a moment that corresponds with that in Star Wars? Hmm. Where does it begin is what you're yeah, saying. We're, yeah. We're choosing to focus on the Rebel Alliance, a little bit of the history of the Rebel Alliance. And I sometimes say Reb, Rebel Alliance. I don't form my L's sometimes. <laughs> Rebel Alliance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're trying to get into Soundgarden, right? Rebel Alliance? Rebel Alliance, man. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, I think what I love, and th- this conversation I really wanted to get into with you, Joseph, because I think... Some of the newer canon that's establishing things officially or pulling things back from the past and, and weaving it into a new story that we can call official now. I One of the things I love is that we're getting to learn a lot more of how the Rebel Alliance came to be when we see them in New Hope. Yeah. And it is, in some areas, just as I would have thought, and other areas... Interesting, for instance, the fact that the Rebel Alliance wasn't on the same page before the Battle of Scarif. A lot of different people. Radis wants to go this way. Uh, Noah wants to go another way. <laughs> and uh, General Draven is more, let's shoot first, no questions. Yeah. And Mon Moth was still the politician trying to put it all together. I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I think that it's really cool because we're getting to see in little drips and drops 
that uh, why is independence or freedom important to these characters in this galaxy? Right. In the idea of we are actually going to see what is being taken from them for them to say that this isn't cool. Because, right. I mean, that's like we all want freedom and independence. That sounds right. good. You know, we all like to yell like America. It's a free country. Free country. Yeah. It's a free country. Like that. We, we Hear all, my tweet. Yeah. <laughs> Hear my tweet. You know, would you rather be locked up in a cell or would you rather be free and independent? But right. what does it mean? It usually means that there's some sort of other force opposing you. Right. And either it's like a literal kind of imprisonment of like, I can't go where I want to go. I can't do what I want to do. Uh, so, but there's also that uh, larger, like truly philosophical, like the actual declaration of independence right. that Americans are celebrating is not a statement that's like, you suck Britain. Yeah. There's, there's some you suck Britain in there, but it's also, it's the declaration of what the nation believes, right. like actual deep philosophical truths of, right. you know. Right. We, we, you know, believe these truths to be self-evident. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's like, that's the point of our existence is humans crawling on this rock. Like, that's big stuff. And where do you think that is in Star Wars? I think that... Where do you think that starts? I think that starts uh, as soon as the Empire begins. As soon as Jimmy Smith kind of pounds that, that balcony? Uh, yeah, and the, the balcony pound is attack the club, yeah. so maybe not quite I mean, there. the spirit of it might have the started The spirit there. of it. Yeah, like uh, like the separatists seem like, obviously, we know they're manipulated. Yes. And there's some political differences. Uh, mm-hmm. But the true, like, uh, philosophical, like, our, our values are being encroached upon, mm. I think, is all Palpatine. Yeah. And I think it was always implied, like, in the original trilogy, but it was a little light. Like, yeah, they, they blew up Alderaan. That seems really bad. Right. But then we blew up the Death Star, real tit for tat, you know. Yeah. And Luke says, I have no love for the Empire, but, you know, we don't see that sort of systemic, mm-hmm. how can people not be the humans or aliens they want to be? Right. And I think, like, Rogue One starts to show us that in particular. Right. Really, especially when I look at Jeddah, which is one of the things I love the sequence yeah. of. You feel the occupation of the Empire, which is, in a sense, Jeddah's own government occupying them in a way. Not the planet, but, you know, the Galactic Empire. That's that's supposed to be your leaders and your protectors, and it did not look like that. You yeah. Know? And you really start to feel it there, and that's why I do love the Jeddah sequence, even with some of the first and second act problems I, I might occasionally have with Rogue One. For I really felt it. That's why I don't like the ATSD, ATSD joke the red letter media make. Great, cool, make make fun of us for being nostalgic. But also, <laughs> yeah. that felt like what the Empire would do. And you, you hear you're, you're on your little your planet, and you got these things marching above you that that aren't there to protect you yeah. in any sense. They're watching. I think you really start to feel just the nuts and bolts of it. But I, I think you're right. It starts. As soon as uh, Palpatine declares, you know, for a safe and secure society. <laughs> as soon as he cups that imaginary galaxy <laughs> in his creepy little hand, safe, secure because society. that's when, by then, you know, you know, Padme and Bail Organa and, and uh, uh, Bai Ling's character we never saw and Mon Mothma, <laughs> they were already starting to, like, who we are is being changed and challenged, I think, by this, this man. But I think we focus it on the emperor, emperor a lot. Yeah. Because we know what happens. Yeah. But like you said, to the to the empire. Yeah, yeah. Or, because, well, there are other people who buy into it. Like, there's that sort of yeah. uh, the structural nature of it. Like, I re- recently rewatched uh, in season six of Clone Wars the Scipio arc. Uh, yeah. Partially because Embo's in it and he's yeah. cool. <laughs> but more importantly, like, that story is the uh, Emperor using the Clone Wars to roll up the banks. Right. And just take the banks. So there's also that sort of structural functional yeah. society of like well if i disagree 
I can use my money to fight this. Well, right. if I disagree, I can use political means to fight this. And since the emperor is cutting off every other opportunity that a civilized person or alien would have to fight it, I think that's, to me, that's the ultimate story of when do people get pushed to where there right. is no other choice but say, like, I, okay, now I have to shoot you. Right. I have to shoot you back because <laughs> you won't let me exist. You won't let me go to my temple. Right. And worship on, you know, weird space crystals on Jeddah. Right. Uh, right. In fact, you're now stealing the space crystals. <laughs> you're taking them. I am going to get beaten if somebody hears me talking about the space crystals. Mm-hmm. And I have no functional other way to express myself other than violence. Do you like that at this thing you're searching for, this declaration moment, uh, we can talk about the Battle of Scarif and all this yeah. stuff in the Rebel Alliance, but early on, it doesn't seem to be clear-cut, uh, which is something that I grew up with thinking would have been clear-cut. Yeah. I mean, again, Emperor takes over it. We see it in story as clear-cut, but you're going to have a lot of planets and a lot of people. Battlefront 2, in Versio's character, her yeah. father is a rebel, or excuse me, imperial, not sympathizer, but just he's going along. He, yep, this is good. Good for a planet. So she grew up believing that. Yeah, so structure, I, order. Yeah. And, and I heard you guys talking about these shades of gray, and I, I blame George R. R. Martin for this making it <laughs> po- popular, but it's also what makes it interesting. So I like that there we haven't yet have a, a have a true moment of ah, that's where the entire gal- galaxy said enough because i still believe there was a lot during the the civil war uh, of the original trilogy people are probably like oh these rebel rousers yeah absolutely you know? yeah if you live in a place where you're not being affected if you're uh, the you know if you're a human mm. person that the emperor's cool with and yeah he doesn't need to destroy your planet and you're just going yeah. along then why wouldn't you believe i believe in order like i think yeah. order is important and i like how in the books uh they're so focusing on chaos and order as the yeah. uh, uh, dichotomy instead of good and evil. So you can see how people like Eden Versio are like, well, what order is good? Then yeah. if there's a problem, we take care of it. I mean, Lost Stars did a great job. Yeah. Claudia Grace, Claudia Grace two for two, because yeah. Bloodline, we're going to talk about more, sure. But Lost Stars was the first real behind the helmet of the Stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah. That you got to really kind of understand why someone would go along. I also think a lot of it, if you're in, in the Empire... Um, I love having these conversations that bleed into reality, and then also <laughs> I, I suddenly go into the story like I'm real, like the Empire is real. Um, but I think there's things you don't know. You don't really know who Darth Vader is. No, you don't know. You might think you're out doing this thing for your job, at, like Bodie Rook, and then suddenly no, you're part of this oppression and you're part of this, and, and that can that I think is an interesting wrinkle. Now, do you think any of this? And you mentioned the books, and we're going to talk about Bloodline. Do you think any of this is taking away of just the simple joy and fun of good guys, bad guys from original trilogy? No. In a way, I think I've kind of come full circle because I used to feel that way a little bit with the gray storytelling. Mm-hmm. But I think for my own personal opinion, my own personal Star Wars journey, mm-hmm. the more I go back to it, I feel like there is stuff, there's material in Star Wars that reminds you that an individual could get lost or confused. Right. But the truth is the Empire and the Sith are evil. Yeah, they do things that to my moral code, and I think most moral codes are like, "Yep, that's not cool." Right. Uh, Jennifer was making a good point. Uh, we talked a little bit on a Star Wars counseling episode about the Sith and the right. idea that the Sith would never compromise. Right. So it was just like the Emperor in the Empire was like, "Well, we really like order." Uh, so if a bunch of you systems want to get together and say, "Well, we don't like doing 
Mm-hmm. We think you're too militant. We'd like to do it the other way. Yeah. Amber wouldn't be like, that is okay. Too bad. <laughs> but no, he's going to step on your throat. Gotta, and then we get back to, there's yeah. the actual deep meaning of independence and freedom. Yeah. It's not like, I want to go to Chipotle and sometimes somebody else wants to go to Taco Bell. <laughs> Where's my freedom, man? It's like deep, intrinsic. Yeah. I don't, I don't share you your philosophy. Go to Taco Bell. <laughs> I don't share your philosophy and you are going to make me share your right. big philosophy of existence. Right. So then, in truth, that really did begin with the emperor in that moment. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. Well, no one knew it. Yeah. But we know it. We know it, yeah, because it's just about the accumulation of power. And then yeah. I do enjoy these great stories, uh, These, but to me, mm-hmm. they're not like, hmm, well, two sides to every story. They're a fun story about a person who has been successfully hoodwinked by Palpatine. That, that's what I was going to ask you. So, so seeing, a, seeing a Ray in, in Lost Stars... You think uh, as the story was to go on, she would have come to terms with, oh, I was hoodwinked? I think there are little elements of that in the book. Definitely. She is is playing with that idea. Yeah. I think it's it's an interesting and valid discussion of, like, was there any other way for them to handle this? Because, like, Mm -hmm. I think it's great to see through her eyes Mm -hmm. the horror of of the violence on on both sides. Right, right. And, you know, I don't think violence is ever a a great thing, obviously. I think that's Mm -hmm. one of the morals of Star Wars, Mm -hmm. which is weird because it's got war in the title. But... (laughs) You know, stories kind of suck without conflict. Yeah, wars make not make one great. Yeah, yeah, but they make movies awesome. Yes. Uh, So, yeah, I do. I I feel like every time we've been down this road of storytelling, there Mm -hmm. there are cracks. And I think there are really cracks in in Sienna's perspective. Yeah. I'm curious how Battlefront 2 plays out the book probably more than the game. If this character at any point... Does this character have to have a change of heart? Does this story end with her going "quote good"? Yeah. Well, in, isn't she in the in the book mm-hmm. that's coming out? She's mm-hmm. going after the partisans, right? I believe that that is true. Yes, and that's a whole interesting subset because if you've yeah. got your like Mon Mothmas who are like, I'm trying every political thing possible, right? And then eventually somebody like Radis goes, "Enough is enough." We're gonna fight. Yeah, but then you've got your Dravens, you've got your mm-hmm. partisans who are going to go way too far, right. and then maybe the other people have a little bit of a point of like, "Great fight, fight for your independence and freedom," but you just slaughtered people you don't have to, right? In order to fight for that, like that might be an interesting way to balance it out. Oh, so so she, so she'd still be good from a certain point. From of a view. certain point of view, well, yeah, the, well, the partisans like it, probably aren't good partisan, either, even yeah. if they're ideologically pure. I just and, and side note, I want more on. Son, I know we're going to get him in Rebels this year and why he turned, but not turned, but, you know, kind of went his own path for for sure. But like, yeah, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, you know, I like I I want I want to know more because I want to know why do we consider them bad? It seems like there is a moment like Mon Mothma is really talking about, like, yeah. the Tanab incident or something, <laughs> so you know. I reference Star Wars fans that are like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Th- there's a specific thing like Saw was like, what did you, and maybe that will be Battlefront 2, the novel. Or not Battlefront Two, but yeah, it's Battlefront. Yeah, yeah, yeah Battlefront. Yeah, yeah. That, I was going to say the game would be that'd be the whole Star Wars arc depends on how you play this game. Oh yeah, uh, then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, and I want that too because it, it brings up interesting questions. Again, when I go back to the original trilogy, simpler times. I watched it as a kid. Now look, the seventies by no means. Any decade, but by no means were the 70s simple and no. not affected by terrorists. Um, it was on the forefront, the, 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 kidnap, uh, the hijacking of planes yeah. and all that kind of stuff. If you go back and watch that stuff, if you weren't alive at the time, it was 
70s comparable to now i mean it seems just yeah. much. and again every decade has had problems every every year of life every day of life has had a problem but that with the iran contra stuff all all the stuff that came out of that um i i i i look at that but star wars came out of this as this like the good guys and i grew up with that yeah um and i i remember the first time i was kind of confronted on my own in the stories you know growing up in the 90s when it became like pop culture when kevin smith is one of the first to really break (laughs) through and clerks are talking about the you know the contractors working on the death star where i was like well wait a minute (laughs) yeah that rebel alliance Do I agree with them? Yeah, at the end of the day, sketchy. I probably do. Sure, yeah. certainly do. But it was like, uh, and I, so that's why I kind of like that we're getting into that because that makes the story that much more realistic. Yeah, well, and I think it, it lets you in a safe way play around with all of the ideas, whether they impact real life or whether you, in your mind, just keep them to this is a galaxy far, far away and it's right. supposed to be fun. But I think there's also some interest in that the, the original trilogy, the mm-hmm. refreshing good versus evil, because right. the 70s, obviously, like all reality, yeah. is gray. And uh, the, in the the filmmaking at the time was gray. Yeah. So it's this great shot in the armor. Like, it's simple, good, and evil. There's that great Alec Guinness uh, entry yeah. where he's like, it's a nice story of good and evil. Please don't think about it more than that. Like, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Alec Guinness. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But it, since I think George Lucas had has talked about it as World War II. And yes. And imagery of World War II. Yes. I feel like World War II is one of the few wars where a, a, a lot of people can come to the table and say... Yeah. We had to fight. Had to this wasn't uh, necessarily just about greed and borders. Right. It was, we are going to wholesale take your way of life. We are going to slaughter entire groups of people. Right. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm not I, no, I, on a Star Wars podcast and say it was a, a, a specific war is just. But as wars go. Right. No, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. It's why World War Two can be perhaps more romanticized than other wars. That's a great way to say it. Yeah, which... Again, makes sense. It's and and you know that's why Spielberg never really you know Saving Private Ryan. You never really get close to the Nazis. You know, you know yeah. I mean? he he keeps them as the bad guy. Um, so it, it would make sense though that Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. Much like say the Beatles. One of the reasons they hit it big is Kennedy had been assassinated. The world was coming out of like their infancy. The pop culture world was like, everything's great, great. Oh, our president's dead. And there's these mop tops hitting hitting America. It was kind of this, you know, simple times. I think Star Wars in 77 really went back to the simple times, which is why it exploded like that. But there's always, I think, with George, there's always deeper stuff. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen him just... uh, if he had could have gone a little more gray in '77, yeah. If the if he would have played with that, or I don't know, yeah, it's fascinating. I feel like the prequel trilogy obviously goes super gray since the entire war is a manipulation, but also just like making Anakin the main character. You yes, know? making yes. this who was this cartoon bad guy immediately right. starts to become not cartoon. First, he's Luke's dad. Then he gets redemption. Then we go all the way back and we realize, well, the world was pretty bad to him. Yeah. Slave boy lost his mom. So I feel like, you know, there is plenty of gray. There is plenty of look at it from the mm-hmm. villain's side. I think mm-hmm. it's why parents are just like, yeah, sure. You're four years old and you want Darth Vader pajamas? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Dress up like this serial killer. That's cool. Uh, we, we talk about the terms freedom fighter and terrorist uh, points of view, if, if, if you want to look at it. But is, is it accurately reflected in Star Wars? Do you think it's 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 uh I hate the I, these shades of gray. We yeah. got to get this out. Of here. I'm going <laughs> to toss it away. But it's 
It's true. It's the Jamie Lannister factor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kingslayer, but you agree with him. Um, nowadays, is, is, where, is, is Star Wars handling this correctly? The, the, the Freedom these, Fighter versus terrorist? terrorist idea? Yeah, I think so. I think Rogue One handled it deftly with the idea of Sagarera's partisans mm-hmm. using tactics that they shouldn't. Yeah. Draven using tactics that he shouldn't. Uh, that uh, uh, having the realization that, oh, just shooting Galen Erso in cold blood, mm-hmm. I can't bring myself to do that from Cassian Andor. Right. Because I feel like Rogue One is doing a good job of, like, even if your ideology is pure, you can still try to take a higher road in terms of your actions. Right. On on how you respond to those and, things. And Cassian probably reflects that in story more than anybody. Yeah. Because he starts a movie killing his informant. Yeah. Uh, and that's the lesson he literally says he learns. I've done things not happy with doing. Yeah. I want to do the right thing. Yeah. And I guess maybe it's that sort of that idea of like, a don't blindly follow orders and there, you know there's a lot in star wars even yeah. in the um sample for the battlefront 2 novel yeah there's that great passage about how the tie fighters are uniform mm-hmm. and the rebels have this weird thing where they want their ships to have personality <laughs> and they they're attached to them like they're buddies you weirdos yeah but i think there's that of like yes we have to fight yes we have to kill it's horrible but let's how can we keep our humanity yeah. while we're doing inhuman things? Right. And I feel like Star Rogue One did a good job of that and everything else is doing a good job of like how do we keep the humanity right. while doing really awful things. You gotta keep those Y wings, man. Yeah. <laughs> but see, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I would have liked to have been in a tie bomber. I would have connected to that. <laughs> um uh, tie striker is so cool. The the let's talk battle scarif. Yeah. We're is that the moment? Is that the official moment? It feels like it. It feels like Radis is the one who says, which is why we love him. Of Absolutely. Enough, enough is enough. Yeah. But I was researching, and uh, I, I sometimes forget this, that the actual Declaration of Independence mm-hmm. in, uh, of America uh, was written once the actual Revolutionary War was happening. Right. So there's already a revolution. Right. And th- which I think you could compare the Galactic Civil War to. Yeah, of, you know, we don't yeah. want to be under your control. We're going to overthrow you. Um, and then it was once they were into the war, we we're like, but here's what we actually think and believe. Like when we are mm-hmm. going to become our, it's not just you suck. When we become a nation, <laughs> what do we believe and how is it right. different than what you believe? And I would love to see some moment like that in Star Wars where like scare the battle of Scarab is the beginning of the war. But when does the Rebel Alliance declare what they believe? Could that um, we've got so much material right after it ends with the second Death Star exploding? But could you still see it coming that late? Could you? Could you? Yeah. Could you want some moment there? There because we we haven't Bloodlines is the most Empires and, or aftermath. It's still too fresh, and there's still the galaxy still in in flux. But the actual it wouldn't make for an exciting movie or show, yeah. but a book of how. All right, guys, we won. Yeah. Galeus, Galeus Rax is gone. We won the Battle of Jakku. <laughs> Everyone's disappeared to some unknown place. Let's, who are we? Right. So that moment could still come there. Yeah. I would love that. Star Wars, if someone could write a Star Wars political history book. <laughs> I would love no it. No narrative, just a collection <laughs> of, like a history book. Just It's, it's just written as, uh, as letters, as yeah. like, and little hollow yeah. messages back and little forth. Little hollow messages. Yeah, yeah, I would like that. I think there's a different thing in Star Wars of the, the story is so much, let, let's get back to the Republic the way it was, and mm-hmm. maybe we'll fix it up a little bit, Yeah, because maybe it didn't work perfectly, but we're going to restore the Republic. 
That'd be fascinating if there's a story within there where there is, mm-hmm. you know, some character we've met, haven't met yet, who's a little bit more like Saw Gerrera, like, no, here's no. how we should organize the government. There shouldn't be a government. Or, you know, maybe there's a financial element. Maybe the Nemodians yeah. are still around and they're like, actually, what if everything was controlled by <laughs> commerce? You know, and like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that does become interesting to me because we can look at the prequels. And talk you. You've talked about it a lot about it. it's George Lucas saying, "Watch for these big groups." Yeah, you know the the Sith certainly have some problems. They have some bad ideas, <laughs> but the Jedi have been corrupt, maybe from the inside or rotting from the inside, not necessarily corrupt. And and the Republic, we talk about Dooku and the Separatists, maybe being the early rebels from a certain point of view. Yeah. So I would I would like it because it's not we're not so far removed. I mean, we're so far removed that the you know beginning New Hope it seems like forty generations ago <laughs> that we had the Galactic. The Civil War or the yeah. Clone Wars, I should say, but yeah, to have someone you know there going, hey, be careful, be careful what you want to be. Yeah, you know, and we get a little taste of that in Bloodline, like that those we conversations do. have happened. Yeah, uh, but still, there would be some, there'd be something really interesting at some point to say we're not just a rebellion. We yeah. have our our list of beliefs. Right. What were some of the big themes in, in Bloodline that you loved there? Uh, I loved the the I loved how the government factions were set up Mm -hmm. the you know the populist and the centrist yeah um but i also it was a kind of a small detail but i like that mon mothma held everything together like leia kind of knew like Mm -hmm. this is a little messy and doesn't quite work and we're slow to make decisions but it worked while mon mothma was here right because she basically ruled with a velvet glove where she was a strong personality who could bring everybody together had everyone's respect. Yeah. Had everybody's respect, so she could say to everybody, like, enough bickering, we're going to make a decision. And everybody's like, yes, Mon Mothma. Right. Which to me is fascinating because on one hand, if you get the sole leader, you get mm-hmm. a power-mad, you know, insane yeah. person like Palpatine. Palpatine. And then it works really well if you have somebody who's truly like a facilitator, who's yeah. just like, I'm not putting my own baggage into it. I just want to get get things moved yeah. through the Senate real quick so we actually make decisions. Then we can find out really quick, did we make a bad decision? Let's go back and vote again. Like, yeah. And I'm fascinated by that because I think a strong central personality to hold things together works in most cases, but it is such danger of poisoning the well. The role, the role of the boss. Yeah. And, and the role of leader, which are actually sometimes two very different things. But yeah, that that that... I always say society needs rules and structure. If you don't believe me, go to a self-checkout line. Like, that's an old <laughs> bit of mine. But, like, um, and another reason I'm not doing stand-up anymore. But, yeah, the, the, the Palpatine was the wrong guy to get that spot. And he fought, fought, fought. He's like the Baelish of this world at one point. Uh, uh, but, yeah, Mon Mothman made it work. So I li- I'd, I'd like to explore... The, the leadership in Star Wars post Return of the Jedi is fast, fascinating to me because yeah. again we again grew up thinking, yay they won, it's all good, happily ever after. Everyone's gonna clap hands and dance and and eat some stormtroopers and yay. Yeah. Next day, Luke trains Leia to be a Jedi. It's great. It's great. Yeah, Leia <laughs> takes has a black cape and a lightsaber. But yeah, we know that doesn't happen. We know that that's not what it's about. Yeah. It, they've got to struggle and establish, and then the egos and agendas get in the way. And Bloodline does a great job with that, I think, of just painting the galaxy. It's, it's a little chaotic. Yeah. Which might be hard to take as a Star Wars fan. Again, going back to the original trilogy, and you got to adapt a little bit. The story yeah. got more realistic. Yeah, I think in, I think right now it's a sort of, uh, we use buffet as an analogy a lot here mm-hmm. on Force Center, but like if you want to dive into these books, if you want to dive into these deep ideas and right. mirror them to the real world, you can. But man, the, A New Hope is still powerful. Of yes. just 
a breath of fresh air because the characters are going through horrible things, but they still have such energy and they have discovery of one another. Yeah. And they have this, you know, great victory where the other thing is too, they didn't, they, it's not like they're just happily, uh, you know, uh, on Dantooine and they fly to where the Death Star is. (laughs) If they didn't blow up the Death Star, all of them were going to To die. die. All of our heroes. So I think you can always come back to a new hope and it can always be that simple, pure jolt of good versus evil if that's what you want out of Star Wars. And I think that's certainly what works there. Uh, there uh, we talked about independence. We're talking about the 4th of July. I, I want to pitch to you, Joseph. Uh, you are smarter than me. Does independence <laughs> mean isolation? And let's talk about bloodline and what some of the people... Leia was a crazy warmonger to a lot of these people. Yeah, but at the same time, she was on the uh, the, the populist side, which was more for planet's rights. Right. So, like, everybody go do your own thing. Right. But we really should still have a military. Yeah. Uh, and then it was the centrists who were really kind of militant of like, we want tight control over mm-hmm. everything. Um, and I think, I thought that was a fascinating thing to open up because it is this uh, uh, fracture in, in Leia's character. Yeah. yeah. Where she knows what happens when you squeeze too tight, the systems go through your fingers, like she says to Tarkin. Literally says it to she Tarkin. She literally says it to Tarkin. Yeah. But I think also it's so the story of, of the force yeah. that we are all connected. I think it's George Lucas's hippy dippy crystals Northern California upbringing yeah. that there's a like we are all connected, so it's tempting to just go well Leia's right. Yeah. The planet should be just they should mostly take care of themselves, and then if we need a little bit of government oversight here and there, fine, fine, yeah, fine, yeah. fine, fine, fine. But then that leads to is that a kind of isolationism where it just sort of like uh, this know, planet doesn't talk to this planet? Yeah, they don't agree with what's the larger philosophy for the galaxy, which would make it yeah, which would make it easier for. First order to rise, yeah. First order to be a threat, yeah. Yeah, it's that's. Gosh, if you, you guys haven't read Bloodline, what are you doing? Dive in. <laughs> Stop listening to this podcast. Yeah, and yeah. Read Bloodline on the Fourth of July. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. To me, the, mm-hmm. it, there there's some interesting rhythms with um mm-hmm. with the idea of what the the force is. Yeah. In that maybe because this all is this is all about the force still. Yeah, Star Wars is about forces of destiny, the yeah. Force Awakening. Yeah, exactly. And the Jedi <laughs> and the Sith. Yeah, and maybe you know the next uh, Star Wars whole trilogy will be the Force governs. <laughs> the midi chlorians just elect somebody. The Force takes a meeting. <laughs> yes, the midi chlorians just appoint Ray, yeah, president of the galaxy. Yeah, uh, who knows? But uh, yeah, I think and maybe that's the. Um, this, uh, what George Lucas is, is wrestling with in himself. Yeah. Because he's obviously a fairly controlling figure. Yes. He, those are his movies and he will make the Ewoks blink and he mm-hmm. will make Greedo shoot at Han first and they're yep. his movies. And if you don't like that, get out of my empire. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, so much of this is about just like, we're all connected. The tree, the rock, the ship, the murder bears, the murder bears, everyone you hate. You know, they have the force flowing through them, too. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a it's a little bit of a divide. And, you know, I think maybe that's where the need mm-hmm. to have a stated philosophy, yeah. the need to come together as a society and say, you know, there are a million different ways of looking at things. We are making an agreement among us as yeah. a society. If you're in a society, yeah. you have these values and these beliefs. And you, you got to stay within those lines. And then you get back to a little bit of structure and order, right? A little bit. A yeah. little bit. <laughs> no, I don't like it. Hey, I'm an order guy. I'm yeah. an order guy. I'd probably be an imperial officer who's like, wait, we're doing what? <laughs> uh, tough decisions. It's almost, Joseph, as, as if politics in Star Wars can be interesting. They can. So interesting. 
uh, I as, love it. as we draw this conversation to a close about independence and the rebellion, who are some of your favorite rebels? Oh, wow. Just overall. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, you know, I, this is a, a dumb one, but Dak Ralter. Yeah. And I think just the way he says, I feel like I could take on the whole empire. He just believes. He just believes, and he believes what he's doing is right. So that yeah. just that moment, uh, that spark of rebellion, that is quickly snuffed out, unfortunately. <laughs> it's still, it's, I don't know, it's powerful to me. But, you know, I think, uh, I think Mon Mothma and Leia are such great figures because we are shown their strength and their steel, and we're shown their compassion right. too yeah and i think uh i think you can't like i consider myself very patriotic but i always mm. want to think about why am i patriotic mm. don't want yeah. to be patriotic for patriotism's sake right here on the fourth of july i want to think about why why what what are the stated beliefs of our country right and do i still agree with and those stated beliefs are we, and are we doing our stated and are we beliefs? doing those stated yeah. beliefs and i you will know, have great pride in our stated beliefs right you know and i feel like Leia and Mon Mothma are characters who really represent that. Yeah. Because they uh, they will shoot if they have to, but they'll think about it first. They'll definitely think about it. And as we know, Radis is going to be one of my favorites because I believe he is a shoot first because you've all asked questions. <laughs> I think that's what he is. Yeah. Have you guys done asking <laughs> questions? I'm going to go. Um, I also like... I like Han Solo as a rebel. Yeah. Because Han is indicative of probably most of the people. You can check by voter turnout. <laughs> yes, of, of Han people. definitely does not vote. Yeah, elections. Han didn't vote. <laughs> Jen Erso didn't vote. And her line yeah. of, you know, it's not a problem if you don't look up. You're right. Oh. Han, more than anything, which is why he can't be just improv comedy, um, Han is, is, is pulled in and probably had to ask himself, now, at first, was, was he just doing it for a girl? There's some levels to that. Yeah. It might have been. But I think he comes back because he believes and he understands the bigger picture probably maybe for the first time in his life or as we might learn for the first time since XYZ, yeah. Woody Harrelson's character dies. Um, <laughs> you know, like, and that's what I like on because he, he probably represents, other than just cooler than most of, uh, most of us, but he just represents probably what most of the galaxy is. Yeah. And just compassion for others because maybe he realizes, like, hey, as a smuggler, I can mostly run away with it yeah. from this, even though I got a bounty on my head. Yeah. Uh, but I can mostly run away from this. But as he's traveling around with the with his rebel friends, look at how many other people can't run away from this. Right. It's just compassion. He made that choice. Yeah. That's, that's a great choice. That scoundrel. That scoundrel. You're all clear, kid. Let's <laughs> blow this thing and go home. Uh, this is Fourth of July, and that is uh, in America. That is a big barbecue holiday, Joseph. Yeah. So we want to draw this uh, conversation to a close before we go to some audience questions. Uh, if you could go to a barbecue with any Star Wars character, who would it be, and why? You know, I feel bad because I just feel like I go to this well, but it's got to be Poe. Yeah, I just Poe? Yeah, yeah, just thinking like who who do I? Because you know, when you go to like a Fourth of July barbecue, you never know what you're going to get. It can right. be like. The closest friends really chatting it up. Right. It can be just kind of a, we're walking through this tradition because we've been told to, and my, look at all the people I know, look at them in there. Hasty (laughs) legs are out today. Uh, Be here for 45 minutes, have a hot dog, and leave. Yeah, Yeah. so I want just a a machine of charm like Poe Dameron to make sure that the party is fun. He's going to be grilling, uh, you know, the hot dogs. He's going to be asking if you want a veggie patty or a meat patty. He's going to be drinking beer. 
He's going to be taking care of the party. He's all on that. Yeah. He's all on that. You know, I, I'm struggling for a super good answer. I, I looked at the Ewoks, despite what they may or may not be <laughs> eating. I'm sure my good friend Poplu, who I think still owes me money, I'm sure he'd be a great oh. barbecue buddy. Yeah, he's good at barbecuing. Uh, uh, Chewbacca would not be a good one because he'd take all the meat. <laughs> he'd eat uh, it raw. Eat it raw. <laughs> and he'd be like, no, I, not what I wanted. Um, you know, and I, Radis is more my beer guy. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I, I might go to Leia. Yeah, oh, yeah. Leia, there, and it's a little mix with our beloved late Carrie Fisher, but you get the sense that there's that, that issue 14 of Poe Dameron that I keep talking about that comic. Yeah. Like, she's the one who brought out the special drink to pay commemorative, nice. uh, you know, a commemorative drink for Lulo. She's the one that was like, here, here, boys, have at it. Han got this for me. So you imagine going to barbecue at her place, at yeah. Leia's place, might have been really good. Real fun time. A lot of laughs. Oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. I can deal with that. Fireworks go off, and everybody thinks it's more Death Stars yeah, blowing up. It's just <laughs> A-wings and B-wings celebrating. <laughs> well, that's it for our main discussion today on independence and freedom and the Rebel Alliance in the Star Wars galaxy. It is definitely a very uh, important part of the Star Wars fabric. So you guys can, of course, give us your thoughts on that. Reach out at the appropriate places. We'll tell you at the end of the show if you don't know already. But right now, Joseph, as we like to do, audience questions. And that's right. we got a couple that are uh, from our Patreon feed, and we got a couple that are just from our good old social media feed, so we get questions from everyone. First up, uh, from not Patreon, Brandon Gibbs asks on Facebook, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has been in every Ryan Johnson film, Brick Looper. He was even an uncredited and pretty obvious bar patron in The Brothers Bloom. What do you think the chances are we'll see him in The Last Jedi? What character would you like to see him as in and how big of a role i mean we we i don't see him in here at all because we haven't heard but that yeah. doesn't mean he can't show up so if he's going to show up i think it's a small percentage uh despite the force awakens uh cameos which i i actually enjoyed yeah um, and i i totally agree with abrams giving grunberg a role and yeah you know if joseph you got tapped to make a star wars movie and you didn't put me in it at least <laughs> something i'd be upset i'd be upset <laughs> so i get it uh ryan johnson uh it seems to me that he's the type of filmmaker that loves star wars and is loyal to his friends i i he wouldn't wedge someone in no pun intended, wouldn't wedge someone into the story just to get a friend in. I don't yeah. know. I could be totally wrong, but it, it, it seems like that's probably why that yeah. didn't happen. I think either the tradition was started by J.J. Abrams where you're going to get one famous stormtrooper per yeah. episode, so maybe a stormtrooper. Other than that, I think he's in uh, Judah Friedlander territory of sudden uh, reaction as a uh, somebody like at the that. casino. I could like that. Canto bite reaction guy. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Maybe a Canto bite coat check. Canto bite coat yeah. check. Yeah. Put him in his place. Uh, that's a great question, Brandon. Uh, next up we have from Star Wars Apologist at SW Apologist on Twitter. Which Star Wars death would you personally like to avoid the most? Uh, and then uh, he included, he or she, I, I don't know, uh, included a photo of Dooku with uh, the lightsabers at his yeah. neck. I believe that's a he. Is Gosh, it a he? Can I, Dave? I think Dave. I think his name's Dave. We'll Dave. Look awesome. Um, I'll go to an almost death. Okay. I, uh, Ewoks cooking Han Solo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they weren't going to knock him out first. Even, even just put him unconscious. Oh, yeah. They were just going to. Burn them alive. There'd be pain, and you know exactly how you're dying. You yeah. think, after everything I've gotten myself out of, I can't get out of yeah. this. This and, is terrible. And you're watching yourself slowly burn to death, and you're looking at like Ewoks licking their lips, getting out some bread, ready to make a sandwich <laughs> out of you. That's not, I don't want to go that way. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't want to go yeah. that way either. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I would want to have a little bit of time to prepare. Even Dooku has a moment to let the, uh, yeah. let it sink in what, what has happened to him. Yeah. So I think the worst does for me would just be like on Alderaan. 
mm. and just like, oh, hey, you're one is of there us. a new moon? Oh, I'm gone. You're the sudden death guy. I get that. Yeah, I don't yeah. like sudden death. No, I want I want a little bit of time to process. I think anybody who's listened to me talk for two seconds knows. I yeah. like to think things you through. You do like to think. <laughs> see, and I'm a little I'm a little bit more. I might just like to be doing my own business, and then suddenly it's in the hot out boom. Um, we're like <laughs> Sarlacc over. Pit would be a better another bad one. Oh yeah, see, I would <laughs> rather digest yeah. for a thousand years. I mean, it, it's so making my what, life longer. So you can think about what it means. Yeah, I would do so many podcasts in my head down there in the Sarlacc. It'd be great. <laughs> Got a couple of great questions from Patreon. Thank you for that question, uh, Dave. If you are Dave. Star Wars apologist, but here's from Patreon. Uh, Josh Eddy asks, if Leia made it to Obi-Wan in episode four, would he tell Luke and Leia their bro, sis, and train them both? Do you have any deep thoughts on this one, Ken? Yeah, this this comes up, uh, starts to come up a lot now, too, because of what we've seen in Rogue One, where it's kind of a little, what was Leia doing? Was she going to find Obi-Wan, or was she trying to get the plans back? Yeah. Um, I think... I, it's a damn good question, and I got to tell you, I think Obi Wan would have kept it secret. I don't know. I think he was more. He was there to follow Luke, and I don't know. Not that it was Yoda's problem to tell Leia. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I could see Obi Wan just because what we know of him not saying a thing. I think so. I think that, and this became more clear in that Rebels episode with uh, Darth Maul, twin sons, yeah. that he's really committed to, like, Luke is the chosen one. Right. So I think he would use Leia's appearance as a sign that the Force told him to train Luke. So I think if Leia arrived, yeah. found Obi-Wan, he'd be like, great, let's uh, let's get Luke, because I, uh, I think he'll help out a lot. Right. Uh, but yeah, I don't, think he, I don't think he tells Leia. Mm-hmm. Our final question is from Tristan Shields, who says the new Mace Windu comic is subtitled Jedi of the Republic, which sounds like it could lend a more different miniseries on Jedi. So which ones would you like to see? I'd love to see a miniseries of I'm a Gun Die from the Clone Wars. He was such a cool character yeah. that died defending the people of Ryloth. One of the least subtle names yeah. in all of Star Wars. I'm a gonna die. I'm a gonna die. Died. Yeah, uh, yeah so you, you're a big comic book collector. I'm yeah, trying yeah. to get into him a little bit more. Uh, yeah. Who do you want to see? Um, I am fascinated with Plo Kuhn because of his discovery of Ahsoka. Maybe yeah. he gets somewhere in that time and he seemed to be a, a really powerful and adventurous and respected Jedi. I, I would like to see a little bit, you know, Depa Balaba, oh, yeah. who we, we know her end because of the Canaan comic. There's some stuff she went through that I'm fascinated with. Uh, and Ayla Secura because oh, yep, yeah. she's the hot raver Jedi. Yep, yep, get it. <laughs> but you know what? That, that's a, it's, a, it's a pretty prominent character and I think I'd like to see uh, you know, her at that, her to that doing some wonderful adventures in a yeah. little short miniseries. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'm still uh, of the opinion of uh, many of the Jedi we've ever met. Dooku is the most untapped in storytelling, so maybe I don't, very right. don't know You're if very I want right. a comic book because yeah. I, I would want a little bit more. But, you know, this is only a little bit of a joke, but I would love to see Opal Rancis's oh. weird coily snake guy, supposed yeah. to be a master swords person yeah. thing. Uh, and I think that just visually could be really, really cool to right. see him springing around all snaky with his beard be cool fighting evil uh yeah so those are our audience questions thank you guys as always for sending them in absolutely uh, it's on patreon and non-patreon which sounds like a, some kind of disease it's a non-patreon <laughs> uh we want to thank you guys for reaching out and you can reach out to us on twitter follow us at force center pod we hit our goal of 2,000 followers on twitter but we're still reaching for the stars don't forget to press that follow button and you can reach out directly to us yeah that's how it works and we <laughs> reached our 200 ratings on uh, and reviews on itunes but keep those coming a special data bank brawl is 
coming with some big characters. This is a reward to you guys for helping us reach that 200 ratings and review mark on iTunes Facebook page. Still looking for a thousand likes. Go ahead and like the official Force Center Facebook page. And Joseph, we do have that Patreon page. That's right. You can find it at patreon.com slash Force Center for as little as $2 a month. You get access to our patron-only bonus episode, Finish the Fan Fiction, that has lots of fun, weird stories. Absolutely, and our new goal, we, we reached our first goal, trying to get some non-generic theme music. I like a lot of our Four Center stuff, but I also don't like hearing it on commercials <laughs> or radio spots, so we're trying to get some stuff there. That's our next goal. We also got merch. You can go over to TeePublic, tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center, and you can get some wonderful things like a Force Center shirt or a prequel a sticker, which is like what I have on my computer. So beautiful. And uh, with con season here, Joseph. The big cons are out. D23, San Diego Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con's on the horizon as well. We'd love you to have a shirt and represent us if you go into these cons. That's right. Send us a photos of you repping Force Center at conventions, and we would be delighted to share them. Absolutely. So that is it for this week, guys. Jennifer will be back for the next show. The trio will be reunited. But until next time, for Politics of Star Wars, for the gray, for the good, the bad, and even the ugly like Opo Rensis. <laughs> we'll see you next time here on Force Center. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.